The following audio is from Lifehouse Church. We hope you are blessed by this message and encourage you to connect with us on social media or at lifehousechurch.org. Jazzy right there, huh? Oh, you you thought I was playing. No, no, no. <laughs> no, that's that's clearly not on my level. But it is on the level of a Mr. Joe Gardner. Joe Gardner is the lead character in Disney and Pixar's new film, Soul. And at the beginning of the scene, in the beginning of the film, you see the scene where uh, Mr. Gardner, he's there. He's, he's a middle school band teacher. And it opens with a, kind of a disaster with his students uh, trying their best to learn how to play music. And he's got to get to this point where he's got to inspire them. And he, he sits down at the keys and he starts explaining to them like what it's like to just kind of flow and get lost in the music. And he's telling them how that's exactly how he found music. He remembers his dad taking him to a jazz club and hearing, hearing the piano being just the keys tickled for the first time. And he knew that that was his purpose, that he wanted to learn that. And that was going to be his purpose for being on this planet. What's your purpose? What's the reason why you're put on this planet? Is it like Joe? Is it to make music? Maybe yours is to cook or to do art. Maybe to solve crime or mysteries, or maybe to find the cure to deadly diseases like the coronavirus or something like that. I mean, you, you have a purpose or else you, you wouldn't be here on this planet, right? So what is your purpose? I mean, it's, we look at some people's lives and it's easy to see the spark that God gave them, the, the reason why they're on this planet. I think it's pretty obvious that God made Kevin Durant for basketball. I would think we all agree that it was pretty obvious that God made both Billie Holiday and Billie Eilish to, to make music, and that he made George Lucas to make films. That's a little hint about what's coming up next week. And so Joe knew that his spark was to play music, was to play jazz keys, and in his heart, he knew that his life would never really begin until he finally got his big moment. To sit down at the piano and play with a big jazz name on a big stage, until that point, his life would never really begin. And if he never really got that chance, his life would be meaningless. He could only truly start living if he would get that opportunity of a lifetime, and he does. I mean, early on in the movie, we see that his years of being a teacher finally pay off when he gets a phone call from one of his former students offering him the position of a lifetime to be on stage with a big jazz name. He's finally going to get his opportunity, so he's excited. He's walking through the streets of New York, oblivious to the danger that's around him, bragging. He's lit. He can't wait to tell people that he's finally going to get his big break. His life is about to start now, and the bloop, he falls down into an open manhole. And then you see in the next scene, his little soul, his little blue orbish type silhouette appears in this deep void. And he's on this conveyor heading up into the great beyond. And when he realizes what this is, he takes off running because he knows on earth his life just began. And back on earth, he's not truly gone yet. His body basically is like in a coma, but his soul was in this little middle state. And so he anxiously wants to get back because he knows that, no, I'm not, I can't die now. My life is just now starting to begin. It brings up a real question. Is this life 
just some long extended doorway from this one into the next? And if the, if the next life is real and if it's eternal, then what's the purpose for this one and what's, what's my purpose for this one? Last week, we took a look at David and we dove into the story that David's probably the most famous for in all of the stories that he's mentioned in, in the Bible. It's the one that we teach our kids first. It's, it's a story about him and Goliath taking down the giant. And, and in this story, we see very early, even before he steps up to the giant, we see his, his spark, the reason why he's put on this planet. And it was real easy to see David's, David actually has a couple of sparks. We're going to see it as we talk about him today. But his spark was to be a warrior and to be a leader. We see that his giftedness is, is courageousness and combat. And eventually that would lead to his purpose here on earth. And so we see this everywhere, right? We see it in the Bible and we see it in the world around us. Everyone's given some special little spark that gives them their purpose for being on this planet, for being alive, to make their impact on this world. That's what the film, that's what soul, that's what, that's what they call it. And when you see, when you watch in soul, there's this, there's the great beyond, but there's this great before. Or all these cute little souls where they base, they're unborn yet, they basically look like little smiley face emoji, little orbs, and they're, they're getting their personality, and they're getting all their, their life design. And the final thing that they get before they come to earth is their spark. The thing that makes them special or unique, their special interest or their talent, is the thing that's embedded in them, that when they get to earth, they'll find it connected, and they'll finally be on their way on their purpose of why they're even alive. And we're all looking for our spark. But what if, what if we never really find out what that spark is? Or what if we're still in search of that spark? That was the problem with one little soul, number 22. She had never really found out what her spark was. And because of that, she didn't really know if she had a meaning or a purpose for coming to earth. And so because of that, she was apprehensive. She was scared even, doubtful of why she should even want to come to have a life in this, on this planet. And we can do that. If we feel like we don't have a spark, something that makes us unique or special, a special interest or talent, and we look left and we look right and see all the other ones that everybody else has and we don't have one, it can make us question our very meaning for even being alive. It can make us question the meaning of life. And, and I want to say that Disney really did a good job of tackling a very tough topic. I mean, they're diving into the realm of Spirituality, what happens when we die? And, and what was the scene that it looked like before we were even alive? And no matter how we imagine it, God actually has some truth about what happens before we're born. Jeremiah, he's also, he was a prophet in the Bible and he wrote, he wrote a book after his own name, his message to his people, the Israelites. And this is what he said that God said to him about him before he was born. In Jeremiah 1.5, it says this, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you to be a prophet to the nations. See, in this picture right here, we see that God knew him. 
That this little scene that's happening over in the movie Soul, where all these little souls are being basically coached and led into getting prepared for Earth and they're getting their personality and being shaped, that's cute to imagine, and I like the whole picture, but the reality of it is it really happens. It just really happens in God's hands. He says, I knew you. And in Jeremiah's example, he actually laid out, this is your purpose. He gave him a specific reason for being alive. God does that sometimes, but not every time do we see this. And you might even feel that. Well, I wish he would have did that with me because I have no idea what I'm doing here on earth or why I even matter that I exist. Now, David also, David also had a feeling about this, and he wrote about it. Like I said, David has a couple of sparks. He was a musician. He was a poet. He was a, a warrior. He became a king. And David describes the same thing. In Psalm 139, 13, David said this. David said, for you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. Now, in this instance, David doesn't go on to say, okay, and you laid out my plan for me. God did have a plan for him. But either way, what you see here is that God was in our design process from the beginning. If we're going to talk today about what our soul purpose is, let's get one thing straight from the jump. God is the soul designer. God is the soul designer. Your creation process, you being created and placed on this earth with intentionality, wasn't random. It was regulated. It wasn't the chance of the universe. It was the choice of God. It wasn't accidental. It was accented, meaning your creation was given a specific emphasis, unique to only you. Unique to me, unique to David, and unique to all of the average Joe Gardeners all around the world. The soul designer, God, he knows your soul purpose. He knew David's soul purpose. See, David did have a, God did have a plan for David, and it was for him to be the king of his people. That was the plan that he had for his life, to become a king. And David was told that at a very young age. And so because of that, you know, if, if you're a parent, you know, if you have kids, if you tell them, hey, guess what we're going to? Or, hey, do you know what? One day we're going to, the first thing they're going to do is, okay, well, when? When are we going? Especially if you're kind of either being hypothetical or you're dreaming big. If you don't put a date on it, your kids are going to tug on you every day about it. And I wonder, was David like that? Because when David was told he was going to be king, he was only a shepherd out in the fields, washing sheep, stepping in sheep poop. That was his daily. And so I wonder if he had the same feeling that Joe Gardner had, that my life is never really going to begin or never have any kind of meaning until I get to this point until I can have this, until I have my big stage, or until I have my big break, or until I get what it is I've been searching for my whole life, or until I, I'm able to put my spark to true use, I will never have a real meaning. I wonder if he felt like that. And then I read something that David wrote. See, David wrote one of the most famous psalms, songs and poems in the Bible of all time. And ironically, it's one that we read, you know, Joe Gardner was on his way to dying. This is one that we normally read when somebody passes or at a funeral. But this, the, the irony of it is there's so much life in it. 
And I, and I really don't think that David was struggling the same way that Joe Gardner was. When I, when I see that whether, whether or not David knew he was going to become king when he wrote this, he uses too much of his days, the imagery of the days when he was a shepherd, to describe this, this content, wholeness, and fulfillment that he describes of his life. Not waiting for the next thing. Not feeling meaningless or purposelessness. He felt wholeness and fulfillment. And this is, this is my own little rendition of Psalm 23 that David wrote. Listen, listen to what he said. The Lord is my shepherd. There's nothing I lack. He lays me down with green pasture at my back. Quiet waters he leads me beside. His water refreshes my soul inside. He's my guide along the path that is right. For his name's sake, for his light. And even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. You are all around me. Your rod and your staff comfort me when they come for me. You prepare a table in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows with the joyful. And surely your goodness and love will surround me and chase down me throughout all of my life's days. And my soul will sing, it is well forever. I will dwell with the Lord in his ways. He said, forever I will dwell with the Lord in his ways. David knew that his purpose wasn't about his occupation, it was his occupancy. It wasn't about where he was going, it was where he was. David knew that his sole purpose was in the presence of God. Our sole purpose is found in God's presence. See, poor Joe Gardner, he didn't get that concept yet. If he didn't ever truly get to use his spark to the fullest, to his desires, it, he was going to die a meaningless person. At least that's how he felt. And so you see a big contrast there of, hey, I'm, I have nothing unless I get this or unless I achieve this or unless my spark or my purpose gives me this. I, I will never have nothing to live for or look back on it. He saw that when he looked over his life. And then you look at someone like David who goes, I'm a shepherd, supposed to be a king, but meanwhile, I have the most fullest life that anyone could ever ask for. Joe didn't get it yet, but Joe would find it. Yeah, in the film, Joe would find this wholeness and contentment in the life of one of his friends. He, a friend that he had never asked about it before. And so as Joe's getting ready, he does, he gets the chance to be a part of this big gig. And so he's getting ready. He's, he needs to go get his suit and the final touch is getting his shape up. So I want you to meet Joe's friend, Dez. So Let's go on downtown to the barbershop and let's meet Des. Okay, so first, let me address the cat in the room, okay? So I don't want to spoil it for you, but in Joe's attempt to get back to his body on earth, he ends up accidentally landing in, this is Mr. Mittens, landing in this cat. And also, number 22, the soul that's never yet been born, never came to earth yet, accidentally comes down to earth too, and she lands in Joe's body. So you have Joe here, Mr. Mittens, and number 22 is in Joe's body. 
And they, they go to the barbershop. This whole time, Joe has been trying to get 22 to live out his life for him because he's got his big gig and he can't die. So she's had to go to his house and get the suit on and get ready. And now it's time to get a fresh shape up so he looks perfect for tonight. And while he's in the barbershop, he's in the chair. And, you know, Joe has already told 22, like, man, you talk about a spark. My friend Des, this is what he was born to do. He was born to be a barber. He's too great at it. They're sitting down, they're in the chair, and 22's just getting the whole experience, learning life, eating a lollipop, and Des and, Des and she are having a conversation, and of course, Des thinks it's Joe that he's talking to, and Joe's just listening, outside of himself, watching himself interact with Des, and Des starts to share his story. You know, they're both talking about purpose and life, and what's the meaning of life, and why am I alive, and... And Des starts to share that he never really wanted even to be a barber. And so, of course, Mr. Mittens, Joe, he's puzzled, like, wait a minute, he's so, he's so good at this, this is his spark, this truly must have been what his purpose was, what he wanted to do, and he shares, no, he actually wanted to be a veterinarian. And so 22, goes, oh, who, who's still learning life, she speaks up and says, okay, well, that's, that stinks, you wanted to be something else, and now you're stuck being a barber, and Des cuts her off, whoa, whoa, hold up, hold up, hold up. I'm not, I'm not stuck doing anything. I love what I do. I get to meet interesting people like you, Joe. I get to hear stories, and most of all, I, I get to make them look good and feel good about themselves. And in that scene, you can see all over Joe's face, AKA Mr. Mittens, you can see him confused and convicted. See, personally for me, this is one of my favorite scenes in the movie. I like that Des, he says to 22, he says to Joe, he says, you know, this is the magic of the chair. When you sit in here, you feel safe to tell me things. We talk and we exchange and we learn about each other. And maybe it's because you, you know what that feeling is like. Maybe it's because we're already being vulnerable, right? Like a barber has to see us at not our best so they can make us our best. And maybe that's what makes us in a scenario like this want to open up or connect and talk. And so, I mean, honestly, I'd, I'd like to do that right now with you guys. Let's just have like a a barbershop conversation. I'll be vulnerable. I, I like this scene so much. And, and honestly, me personally, I wanted to be able to share this message about this movie during Watch This because I saw myself all too vividly in Joe's story. See, this is, this is one of my favorite scenes in the movie. Probably the one that, that tugged on my heart the most. And it's because I really feel like as I watched this movie, this is where I saw myself on the screen the most. I mean, I, I actually, like literally, related to Joe's story in the specific way of music. Music was something that's always been important to me. It was, it was a passion of mine. It was what I thought my, my spark was. And I, and I for sure thought that it was the purpose that God wanted me to pursue. And so this scene really hit home to me because I never wanted to be one of those people who said, I love this, but I ended up doing this. I went to school for this, but I ended up doing this. And I think the reason that it hurt so much or that it drove me crazy so much that I, I didn't want to be one of the people that said that is because I, I, I was becoming what in the movie Soul, they called a lost soul. See, in the movie Soul, you could, there was this realm in the spiritual where you could see what people were doing on earth, but you could saw how it reflected in the spiritual. And what they called a lost soul was someone who allowed their purpose or their spark to consume them to the point that they lost their joy, the reason why they loved doing it. And I was becoming that. 
even knowing Jesus, even having a relationship with God, I was allowing myself to become consumed with what's my purpose my purpose is only around my spark, and God, I have to have it. And I was getting to a place where I was even getting upset with God. He, he wouldn't give me what I thought I was supposed to be owed. And I had to ask for forgiveness. I, I had to turn from that kind of a mentality and begin to start giving my all to God and what his purpose was. For me, see, the reason why Joe Gardner, the imaginary Joe Gardner, or the real me, or the real you can get like that is because the true spark that we're missing from the beginning isn't our talent or our special interest. It's God. We come to this earth missing our spark, and that's a relationship with God. There's a, there's a void there in Jesus, the Son of God. His sole purpose was our souls. His sole purpose was to give his life up for people like you and me who have been affected by sin. Sin is the reason why we would turn from God's purpose for our life and head towards a life of destruction and no, no true fulfillment. But Jesus died and gave his life, rose again, so that all we needed to do was believe that and we can have a true relationship with him and have our, find our true purpose in God again. I'm going to continue the barber conversation. I'm, going to, I'm just going to sit Mr. Mittens down for a minute because I don't want you to get lost in the imaginary part about all this. I want to straight up ask you, online in Chambersburg, here in Hub City, do, do you know that Jesus is your purpose and do you know him? Because simply to receive the gift that he gave of dying on the cross for you, and raising to life to give you new life and give you a purpose is all received and your life begins truly the moment you say, yes, I want it. And if you've never done that, you can do it today with that simple yes. Will you please make that decision today? And if you do, will you just let us know? I'm going to ask if you'll take out your phone and just shoot us a text. The name Jesus, who you're believing into 81411. Yes, here's the reason why. We're a family. We're a family that watches movies together. And we're a family that loves God together. And we don't want you to make that decision to miss out on the blessing of finding family. So please let us know so you can connect with this family of God here. You know why we search aimlessly for our purpose? Because we feel it will give us the most fulfillment out of life. We, we need to find what it is that we're put on this planet for or else we will never truly be living. But again, when I think about what David said, when David was living the life as a shepherd, and he painted this picture, I don't see him saying things like, the Lord is my shepherd because I'm the man. <laughs> the Lord is my shepherd because I'm now king. The Lord is my shepherd because I know my purpose. The Lord is my shepherd. I don't see any of that. I see him use all this this simple, beautiful creation imagery. He says, the Lord is my shepherd. He, he lays me down in green pastures. He takes me beside still waters. He's, he's light. He prepares a table, food, my cup. He's using all kinds of these just simple things of life. It's the same stuff that Joe saw when he watched 22 in his body. 
When he watched 22, glory, hallelujah, taste pizza for the first time, and the camera zooms in, and her little soul inside is going, ah, I mean, just gloriousness, right? He's, he's watching her look at the clouds, taste a lollipop, get into a conversation, watch somebody play music on the subway, get screamed at on the subway, and still be like, that was okay, though. Watch the tiny little... Does anybody know the real name of those things? Little helicopter seeds. <laughs> a helicopter. If you're a kid and you, it's a helicopter, right? Watch the little helicopter seeds fall down. She, she's amazed. And in that moment, she didn't know it, but her spark was coming to life. But it was all this simplistic stuff. And Joe even said to her, she's like, maybe, maybe I found my spark. Maybe I could just be a cloud watcher. <laughs> Some of y'all still think that's a real thing. <laughs> like, <laughs> Patrick walks into my office and says, what are you, a cloud watcher? No, I'm good. I'm working. I'm good. <laughs> he even says to her, 22, that's, that's not a purpose. That's just plain old living. The most incorrect line in the entire film. Because, guys, if you go back to the beginning, all of us, if we're trying to find our purpose, you're either going to try to find it through one of two other Ps, either your passion or the problem you feel you're here to solve. But I got news for you. 50% of it is gone when you go back to the beginning because when God says, let us make, let's make this world, let's make weird-looking animals with a duck bill and a beaver tail, let's, let's, let's make this and let's do that. And he goes, and then let's make these little because to him we are, these little beings that will think and dream and create like we did, and they'll love this place. They'll eat the fruit, and, and they'll, they'll, they'll work in the garden, and they'll, they'll be naked. You need some purpose instruction, y'all? There were no problems to solve in the beginning. Guys, our sole purpose is simply to be the creation of God. You were created by God. This world was created by God. And you were intended to live in this world. If there's any question in you right now, whether you still belong on this planet, take a deep breath in and exhale, yes, I am. You belong on this planet. You belong alive simply because God said, I will make man and they will live on this planet. Your, your sole purpose, if you have nothing else, is simply to be the creation of God. Some of the most, the most spiritual thing any of you may, be able, may do right now that will point you to your purpose. Some of y'all might just need to go to the beach this summer. Get in the ocean, enjoy it, and find your inner Nemo. You, Try Ratatouille if there's any place around here that you can actually find it. Eat ice cream and pizza. Chambersburg, y'all need to leave the service right away as soon as it's done and go right down to the igloo and say, God is good and so is this ice cream. You need to, you need to watch your children's dance recitals. You, you need to take a walk. You need to simply enjoy the fact that you are on a planet handmade by God and if your life starts there and ends there, you fulfilled your purpose if... If it's not, only, it's not only soaking up life, any of us can do that. It's this. It's Romans 1.20. It's this. Romans 1.20 says this. 
for since the creation in the beginning, when I made the world and I made you, since the beginning of creation, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been, from what has been made, being understood from what has been made so that people are without excuse. This verse says that the creation of God, including you, are, are no excuse to not believe that there's not a God. It's not just enough to soak up all of God's creation and enjoy the world he made. It's to acknowledge that there is a creator who created you and that our purpose must be yielded to him. I can tell you that what was happening to me when I was fighting God for my purpose and he was breaking my heart, making me realize that I was wrong and that he simply was my purpose. I could see the, I could see the whole story. I wanted to do this, but now I'm, and here's the answer, here, here I am. At the same time I was finishing college, I was getting closer to Lifehouse, from volunteering to serving, to becoming employed, to be, becoming a campus pastor, to being here. And maybe you'll find yourself like that one day, afraid that God's gonna take your spark to give you some boring job serving him. God didn't take my spark. When I was willing to hand it over to him, he upgraded it with eternal purpose. Because I can tell you that as, as an artist, as a musician, I have Lifehouse to thank for all of my greatest music opportunities. I have God to thank for that. I love that the film talks about being in the zone. And that's what we're going to do. We're going to want to go into the zone and the zone is where someone's using their spark just like Joe described in the beginning they they come off of the page they come off of the stage they're in this thin space between the spiritual realm and the physical world and it's like when the chef needs no recipe we were hosting dance recitals here over the weekend and you could see on some of the senior dancers they're just floating they're one with the music they're they're in their spark they're in their zone it was in the zone that Joe could see his life. He saw his life as a childhood, as a child, riding a bike, looking at the clouds. He saw standing on the beach with his mom and the water washing over, the simple things. He saw playing music with his dad before he passed. I want us to go into the zone right now. Close your eyes. Look at your life. See your childhood. See God being there. What's your spark? What's the one thing that you love so much and you just want God to bless and give you purpose in it? Where are you maybe taking back the trying to take back the paintbrush and paint on some blank canvas when really you are the canvas? And the artist desires to paint a beautiful purpose over your life. I'm living proof. I'm a testimony, you guys, that if you surrender your purpose to God, he will do like his word promised. He will do more than you, you far, far more could ever dream or imagine. And he'll give it eternal purpose. 
everlasting value. Father God, I pray right now tonight for dreams. You give us those. You do. I pray for goals and determination. I pray for those in, in school and ex extended education, chasing down their, their purpose, whether it's through their passion or wanting to take down the world's problem. I pray for those tonight who feel like they're still empty-handed. God, you've given me no spark. I look left and I look right, and I have nothing like those guys. God, right now, speak your purpose of existence into that life. You created man in your image. There is not one wasted life in this room or watching online in Hagerstown, in Chambersbury, anywhere. You are the sole designer of every ear that can hear this right now. And so, God, I ask right now, that you begin to move us towards our purpose, that you lift up our hearts, that you stand us up, that you rise us up to be your sole creation. We are the creation of God, period. And this is living in you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you for listening to audio from Lifehouse Church. We believe that through Christ, life change happens here. So we invite you to connect with us further by visiting lifehousechurch.org.